Hi, this is Robin Curtis, and I played Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek 3 and 4. You're listening to Rico on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hey folks, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi for November the 21st, 2010. Today is podcast 2... two <laughs> goof! Oh, I could restart, but no, you guys will understand. It is podcast 306, 306, November 21st, 2010. When are we going to switch over to star dates anyway? I want to switch to star dates. Let's do that. Let's start a... Uh, a petition online, you know, because that's the way everything works these days. Get some kind of petition for something online, and and that'll make it all happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is Sunday morning. It's not quite as early as I usually podcast. Kind of got a late start. I uh, was doing a few other things, um, which I might talk about here shortly. A uh, couple things uh, related to uh, networking and, and just, you know, all kinds of geeky stuff. Anyway, today's podcast, though, is going to be focused on a Deep Space Nine episode. That'll be the main thing. Uh, it is an episode, I think it's from Season 6, yes. Uh, it's called Change of Heart. And it's mostly a Worf Dax episode, uh, for the most part. They go on a mission together, and it's uh, it's an episode that I enjoy, so I thought I would cover it. And we haven't covered a Deep Space Nine episode, oh, gosh, in a few months, I think. Uh, I try to, you know, mix it up a little bit, try to go through the various Trek series, but sometimes there's a little overlap and it's not a quite even uh, release depending on what else is going on and who might want to podcast about what. But anyway, Deep Space Nine today. Uh, other topics will include recent movies, some things that I've seen, uh, some things that are upcoming, and, and the usual uh, Trek and, and other discussions. So sit back, uh, relax, sip some tea like I have. And uh, listen to some more uh, geeky treks in sci-fi. Welcome once again, folks, after that, uh, you know, little intro bit that I like to play. I've been trying to kind of mix it up a little bit with what I've been using for the intro, uh, j- just for fun, mostly, uh, nothing in particular, but uh, I did that a little bit a week, uh, a little bit last week on the Collectible Podcast, which a lot of people seem to really enjoy. I hope you guys like that. Again, it's uh, it's so hard, it's such a big subject to cover, uh, and it's, you know, there's just I, you know, could talk for hours and hours, and it's also got me 
wanting to get some new collectibles, which I haven't been purchasing very much recently. Been eyeing some uh, DC Direct statues. They have this uh, Women of the DC uh, Universe or Covers Universe. Uh, I've gotten some collector busts before of those. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff. A couple other sideshow pieces I'd like. They have a cool Indiana Jones uh, Golden Idol. I do have one uh, Gold Idol uh, piece already in my collection, which is kind of a, a fan-made item. I painted it myself. Uh, but I wanted something a little bit maybe uh, a higher quality to a degree. And uh, there's a nice sideshow uh, indie uh, fertility idol uh, replica that you can get. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that much on la that one on last week's show. I don't think I did. But, yeah, they have a lot of Indiana Jones stuff at sideshow. So that's uh, that's great. Um, so the uh, what's been going on with me, I guess? We'll talk about that for a few minutes. No, yeah, the usual, working here in Rockford, living the dream. So, uh what I was doing earlier before I was podcasting is, is I brought a, I may have said this one before too on a couple of weeks. Anyway, I brought a PlayStation 3 to the apartment here uh, uh, to mostly use as a media streaming device uh, to move uh, or to allow me to watch things like Netflix streaming, uh, Hulu, and, and other content, uh, video files and stuff off of my PC on my uh, little uh, flat screen TV that I have here rather than sitting at the computer and watching, even though I have a fairly large computer screen, uh, since I'm so much, you know, do so much work on the computer, uh, the the video, or, or uh, I should say, the TV is much more comfortable to sit on the couch when you're watching, uh, you know, hour-long TV shows, movies. Anyway, so I've been playing around with a couple of uh, different media streamers for the computer. Uh, PS3 uh, uh, Media Streamer, I think it's called. Let me see. I can probably find the exact name of it. Uh, what is it called? PS3 Media Server is what it's called. And then the other one that I installed uh, later yesterday and trying out is called Tversity Media Server Pro. I don't know why I'm exactly talking about this, except I've been working on the, the uh, it, trying to get all this to work, uh, frankly. And uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge. One works better for some things than others. Uh, it's and, and Hulu and Hulu Plus are both... Uh, uh, available and you got to use some tweaking and install some video codecs because it starts to sort of with videos you may have on your PC and you want to stream like MKV files it has to re-encode those anyway I've got it working pretty well for the most part I think uh, it is nice to watch TV and movies that way rather than sitting at the computer and, and watching stuff it's uh, much more comfortable so that's what I've been kind of playing around with and uh, I miss my TiVo and my big TV at home, though. It would work uh, and, and be a lot nicer there, <laughs> and for other reasons, too. So what else is uh, uh, related to movies TV in the recent days? I went to see uh, that new movie, Skyline, uh, over the weekend. Not over the weekend. Uh, before the weekend, sorry. I guess Thursday, I believe, after work, I went. I like to go during the week to see movies sometimes. For uh, It's cheaper. It only costs $5 in, the, in Rockford here at the theater to see movies during the week. Uh, it's So it's not as expensive as the weekends and the evenings. And it's usually less crowded, so that's kind of nice. So unless I'm dying to see something right away, I'll, I'll wait. Anyway, so Skyline, it was, uh, I would say it's okay. It's not a, uh, you know, just go out, run out and see it right now kind of a movie. It, if you watch the, and you have seen the previews for this alien invasion film, it's pretty much what you see in the previews, uh, you know, for an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, there is a, you know, a lot of cool action. Uh, this movie mostly follows, and I'm not going to really spoil it, I don't think, here by any means. It, 
it, it follows though an alien invasion uh, more from like a group of everyday people rather than sort of the military and people trying to stop them viewpoint like they did more on Independence Day with the president and the scientists and the military all working together to to figure out what was going on and how to stop them. This is just a group of people that are sort of stuck in L.A., and this is all this craziness is going on around them. I think it has some interesting moments. The, the, the cast is pretty, uh, you know, they're not a huge cast. You, you'll probably recognize a couple of the faces, even from the previews. So they weren't, you know, they were able to save some money there. They didn't buy, you know, get some mega actors. I, I thought they had some interesting moments in it. it it's, it's, I don't know what the movie was rated, but there's some pretty nasty things that happen in this movie. And I, I have a feeling, I think it was just PG-13, but I, I would certainly not recommend this movie for anyone, it, you, at least uh, teenagers, uh, older teenagers, you know, if they're in the high school, probably okay, but it, let's just say there's some gross-out stuff in this movie. I also thought the ending was a little bit, eh, I, I, I would have liked a, a, a slightly, you know, well, that might be giving away too much. Anyway, uh it's it's okay. I think for most people, this one is is probably what you could wait till uh, video rental, Netflix, and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't see anything in here was that was shocking or you know just amazing. And like I said, run out and see it now. But uh, you know, a good diversion for a geek to see. And uh, you know, the computer generated effects they do these days are just becoming more and more seamless and just r really amazing. And uh, you know, they couldn't have done a movie like this. Uh, in, in, you know, say five, 10 years ago with, I think it was a, you know, I wouldn't call it a low, low budget movie, but it was not done for the kind of cost it, it would used to be to uh, make something like this. So anyway, Skyline, that is out now. And of course, Harry Potter came out on Friday, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Uh, part one of that uh, is out at, you know, pretty much every theater in the world. Well, not in the world. I believe it's being released in other parts of the world at, at a later in later weeks. Um, in the U.S., at least, it, it is out now. Uh, I'm actually waiting to see it uh, till next weekend. I want to go with Lynn and uh, maybe uh, see if any of my uh, kids, uh, Stephen or Eric, want to go. Although they kind of, they used to really like Harry Potter a lot. And I don't know, maybe it's an age thing. I think when you start enjoying it as an adult, it's okay. But when you maybe start to like it as a little kid and you get a little older, maybe, maybe you sort of, it loses its charm sort of in a way. Maybe that's what happened to some people in Star Wars a little bit too, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe an interesting thing to think about. Because as an adult, I've read the books, I've seen all the movies, and I really like it a lot. And uh, but but Stephen and Eric, they used to read the books, used to see the movies, and, and they just kind of fizzled out on it a little bit somewhere along the way. So I don't know. Interesting. But I'll go see it next weekend. I, I'm sure it's going to be good. I've read the book. I've read each of the books in the Harry Potter series. I've read before seeing the movie. And, you know, I was able to keep up with that. And I, I, I kind of like it that way just because I think these books are so well done and so well written. Uh, I think for some movie book things, it's not maybe as important. I like to, um, not that I was trying to know what was going to happen, but I feel that the, you know, the richness of the story, reading it in the, for the first time or, or being exposed to it for the first time in story form in the book to me is the way I wanted it so I could sort of picture things in my mind. Although I have to admit, after the movie started, I, I, I definitely picture the, the actors and, and the cast and the look and everything of, of Harry Potter that they, you know, have in the movies. When I, when I read about Harry Potter and Hermione and, 
and Ron and all that in the books. I certainly picture the actors they got to play them now, so which I think they they do a fantastic job. So the movie I'm sure is going to be fun and good. And I know Kenny saw it uh, on midnight uh, on opening early morning, I guess you could say it is. Uh, and I, I've tried to avoid reading what he had to say. I'm sure he, I know he enjoyed it. And, uh, but I, even though I've read the book, I, I don't want to know any, you know, real details that they may have done to the movie, uh, yet. I figure I can wait a week for that. So, uh, so that I'm sure is going to be making a whole bunch of money here. And part two will be out next summer. Uh, which I believe they're still trying and, and going to be doing that in 3D. So, hey, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back and talk a little bit about Trek, and then we'll get into the Deep Space Nine episode here uh, soon on Treks in Sci-Fi. Coming soon, the exciting follow-up to my Stargazer music project, the short story and musical journey of M.W. Orbit. Greetings. I am M.W. Orbit. Is there anyone there? Join MW Orbit, NASA's first artificially intelligent deep space probe, as he visits the Milky Way galaxy looking for life. MW updates his blog on where he is on his journey. He takes your email and Twitters and answers questions. Then, in a few weeks, he'll be downloading his journey interpreted through music. Initiating translation. Visit mw-orbit.com to read up on MW's progress. Coming soon, MW Orbit, the new interactive story and music project by me, Rick Moyer. Join MW as he journeys through the Milky Way galaxy, searching for life. Visit mw-orbit.com today. Okay, I'm back. Uh, a couple things I wanted to say, though, before uh, any Trek discussion or anything like um, uh, just, just a couple things I wanted to mention about really about two TV series that I'm really enjoying right uh, lately. One is Stargate Universe. The show is in its second season. It, uh, it really deserves, uh, I think, a bigger audience maybe than it's been able to find. I, I think it's a lot different than other Stargates, but uh, it, it's really just 
each episode just kind of notches things up even more and more. The actors are are just amazing and terrific. The story is getting just really interesting, uh, even more so. And uh, if you're not watching this, it's on the Sci-Fi Channel, of course. Although, depending on your area and country and all that, you may have to do some, uh, you know, other ways of finding it if if possible or if needed. But anyway, Stargate Universe, if you're not watching and you enjoy, you know, sci-fi and, I, you know, it's really the only uh, outer space type drama on uh, or science fiction drama right now going on. There's no Galactic anymore. Caprica has been canceled. Uh, so we're, you know, we have uh, the Stargate Universe and it, it is uh, very, very good. So and the other uh, show that I wanted to mention completely kind of on the other end of things is is the walking dead uh this show i was a little mixed at first the first episode uh, but now i think i've seen three only three episodes is it or four three or four uh it started on halloween so what is that one two yeah three i think anyway this show each episode is just getting better and better uh not that it was bad to begin with but this show is really interesting. I, I like the way they're approaching it. I, I know I, I'd be curious to hear from anyone out there uh, listening, either you guys in the forums or other people uh, that listen to the show. I'd be very interested to know. I do have some of the comics now and some of the earlier issues, and I wanted. I haven't had a chance to start reading it, but I'm really curious to know how closely and what they've done in terms of how much it's following the comics. Uh, it, it, do, do you guys... The ones that have read the comics, are you finding it it, it working very well uh, related to that? You know, sometimes when you you know move something from a book to a movie or a TV show or comic from you know the same way, it, it loses something. I, I I've I've heard you know everyone seems to be really loving and enjoying the series, and I haven't heard any real complaints. So I'm assuming they did a pretty good job with that. But I do want to read some of the issues and see how that how that works out. And uh, I. I'm a little tempted or a little, uh, not really tempted, but I'm a little worried or hesitant that I don't want to necessarily, I, I, I like learning about it via the TV show, I guess, since I've started now, and I'm afraid if I start reading the comics, that it might kind of spoil some of the surprises and, and the suspense of, of the television show. Anyway, both those you should be watching. Uh, if you like this kind of stuff, uh, I think those are two shows that uh, are just terrific and, and really well-deserving of your you know, 45 minutes or so for each each uh, each week. Uh, related to Trek, a couple things to pass on. One is there is a new store to buy stuff. We talked a lot about collectibles last week. But if you want some Starfleet uh, merchandise, they've created sort of like if Starfleet Academy was a, a real place now, they have a, a new store. And some of this stuff has been uh, available in different uh, avenues, conventions over the years. But this is kind of an official one, StarfleetAcademyStore.com. You can buy sweatshirts, T-shirts, mugs, uh, uh, backpacks, I think even, uh, uh, just all kinds of things with Starfleet logos, you know, property of Starfleet Academy, uh, junk like that on them. I, I used to wear a T-shirt that I think I picked up at a con once that had that, and I have a couple others. And I, I kind of wore one out pretty well. I wore it all the time. <laughs> but anyway, this stuff is available. Uh, just go to that online uh, site. CBS is, is behind it. You know, they own Trek now. So StarfleetAcademyStore.com. Another thing I want to make a uh, uh, plug for was that uh, recent, a uh, couple of weeks back, a few weeks back, a biography uh, special about the captains of Star Trek, where they profiled all the various captains, Kirk, uh, 
you know, Picard, Cisco, Janeway, Archer, yeah, all of them they talked about, even the Kirk from uh, Kirk 2.0 from the movies, the recent movie. Uh, that biography special, uh, if you missed it, you can find it and watch it streaming over at my uh, kind of a companion or another website that I run called geekplay.tv. There's a streaming um, flash player there that if you just go to geekplay.tv, I've got some old TV shows up there that aren't really available in other places. Uh, just go to Geekplay TV and then click on the video jukebox, go to Star Trek, and under specials, I believe I put it, uh, is the biography. It's about two hours long with commercials. I didn't really edit that out. I just recorded it and transferred it to the you know digital format so it would play and stream there. But you can watch it, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, I think it's a fun show and, and, and worth watching if you missed it. So, What else Trek-wise? It's been kind of quiet this week. It uh, looks like Carl Urban, who played the new McCoy, is doing. Uh, he's working on a Judge Dredd movie, uh, which is, uh, you know, they did that one, what was that, in the 90s? Sylvester Stallone played Judge Dredd, I think, uh, which, uh, eh, not a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it once or twice, I think. Uh, what else do we have going on? There's some new uh, stuff coming out for the Star Trek Online game, which looks really cool. Lots of additions to that. Uh, they also have a Design the Enterprise contest going on. Uh, you can find a lot of these stories that I'm mentioning. I, I, I generally check trekmovie.com. Uh, that's a good place to check this out. There's also sort of Trek-related, uh, but... Um, the uh, the new there's a lot of trailers that have come out I think because of the holidays uh, there's a lot of trailers out now there's one for Cowboys and Aliens uh, this one uh, with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford that trailer is out uh, it's pretty cool I thought uh, lots of fun stuff there there's some new Trek comics out the next con book is out uh, but nothing really much about the new movie just kind of moving along the uh, the script and we'll probably learn i think quite a bit more once january and the new year rolls around i think they're gonna have to really get cooking on that so uh, i think that's about all i wanted to pass on news and other stuff uh, always you guys can contact me treksf at gmail.com uh that's uh that's basically the email that I check uh, multiple times each day for the websites and everything. Uh, definitely check out uh, geekplay.tv if you haven't. I, I think you'll find some fun stuff there. There's some old Gene Roddenberry pilot movies up, uh, episodes of various sci-fi series like Misfits of Science, which I don't think is out on DVD at all. Uh, but check that out. And also got some episodes uh, from other series as well that I enjoy too. So I'm going to take one more break now and then I will come back and we're going to do a total uh, uh, commentary, running commentary as I watch with you uh, the Deep Space Nine episode, Change of Heart. So Ghost infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all like these channels. Things, but only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one! In your dreams, Nutloaf! Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get... I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? Watch and learn. I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? 
What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? Alright, here we go with the episode, Change of Heart. Season 6, Deep Space Nine. Sell at 20. Is that a joke? Do I look like I'm joking? Mm. Hey. So they're in Quark's bar, Jedzia's playing, uh... She has him. I think Dabo, is it? Is there... Not for long. What makes you so sure? Well, Jadzia is playing a very deep game. Her strategy will become apparent any moment now. I see. You have absolutely no idea how this game is played, do you? <laughs> I like uh, that. <laughs> but but it... I have developed a new appreciation for it. Since when? Since I married a Tongo player. But one thing I am Ah, it's Tongo, not Dabo. She will defeat the okay. Ferengi bartender. I don't know about that. Quark's in a role. In the last month, he's won 206 straight games. Would you care to make a wager on the outcome? Uh, I wouldn't want to bet against a man's wife. If you are afraid, I... No, name your stakes. One bottle of blood wine against one bottle of scotch whiskey. Done. <laughs> no synth hall for these guys. That's what I like. You know? Drink it. You're going to drink, drink the good stuff. Pretty big talk for a lady who's lost 50 strips. Are you afraid I can't cover my bets? There's the thought. I just hate to kick somebody when they're down. I'll buy at 100. I would think Jedzia would have an edge, you know. I mean, how long has she been able to play this? Unbelievable. Desktop, Harmakai. I like my blood wine very young and very sweet. Is he a friend of yours? Just a fan. I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint all your fans. A full consortium? 270. A single malt, preferably something from the Highlands. I will need some time. Oh, your credit's good. <laughs> but, of course, Quark still beats... Seven straight. 36 strips of gold Did you lose a bet? It is of no consequence. I'm sorry about that. I would rather lose a bet on you than win on someone else. Good response. Yeah, one of the, uh, at least for a period of time, uh, one of the only uh, married couples in, you, you know, Star Trek really history. I was to. Why? Because I wanted to recalibrate the external sensors before the night watch. You know, later we had Tom and uh, Bolana on uh, Voyager. Hours. Well, I think that'll work. Oh, the Sutherland is going to be here the day after tomorrow, and. Worf's doing a, like a little praying ritual to Kalis, I guess it would be, right? You were saying? Nothing. 
I always like it when Worf takes all of his hair uh, down, you know, in, in this era. <laughs> I don't feel like talking anymore. And even though they're on, you know, Deep Space Nine, a very sophisticated, advanced ship, they've got furs on their bed, you know, and little little touches, you know, that make it look a little more barbarian and rustic, a little more Klingon-like in the um, their quarters. You know, they're setting a stage here for this episode uh, of, of how close the two of them are, husband and wife. And Worf here. Sorry to bother you, Commander, but I need to see you and Jedzia in the captain's office immediately. We're on our way. Jedzia, get up. I'm coming. Hey. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll get right to it. The last two months, Starfleet has been receiving military intelligence from a Cardassian operative. That operative has now sent an emergency signal indicating he needs to speak to someone in a face-to-face -face conversation. In 13 hours, he'll beam an encrypted subspace transmission to these coordinates in the Badlands. Who is the operative? Intelligence told me that his name is Lasarin, but that's all they'll say about him. They did emphasize several times that he is very important to them and that we should send someone to the Badlands as soon as possible. Trying to recall, Cisco must be so, away here or something. Defiant gone, and most of the runabouts off on exercises with the Ninth Fleet. We just volunteered for a trip to the Badlands. Afraid so. Shenandoah is prepped and ready to go on landing pad A. Good luck. Yeah, this, uh, I think, episode, the, 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 the slightly different runabout they take, the Shenandoah is is like a new class, I think, if I remember. So they head off in the runabout, and that's the start and the tease of this episode from season six. Let's get you some more uh, background. I'll dial down some of the theme music here. All right, this episode, season six, uh, it was uh, first aired on February 28th, 1998, about, uh, what, 12 and a half, 12 years ago, almost 13 years ago now. It is number 138 out of 173 Deep Space Nine episodes produced. This one is written by our, you know, very, you know, well-trek writer, you know, just great guy, Ron, Ronald D. Moore, of course, of BSG Land. He has, uh, oh, speaking of that, they're talking about, you know, a new BSG series, uh, which would be cool. It was directed, uh, this one by David Livingston, and, you know, he directed a lot of Trek episodes, uh, both uh, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and so forth. The thing I like about this again, this episode is is it's there, there's some dramatic things that happen in it. I, I always was a big fan of the Worf uh, and Dax uh, pairing, I guess you could call it. I was kind of sad when when she left at the end of season six and they and they ended up killing her off. Which I have some things to comment on during this episode, which is an interesting. Uh, there's some interesting things going on behind the scenes that I've read up on that I wanted to pass on uh, as I talk about it. Uh, so. Deep Space Nine, just really great Trek stuff, you know, especially the last few seasons when they got into the whole war arc and everything, uh, a, a very ongoing storyline, 
which was hard for some people, I think, but uh, I think it made it very rich for all of us, the fans that kept watching each episode week, week after week and came back. So they're in the runabout, just Jedzy and Worf. I thought you always wanted to see the forge. See it, yes. Honeymoon there, no. Well, there's a mountain climbing expedition on Andor that caught my attention. Worf, my love. Let me make this very clear. I do not want to spend my honeymoon oh, dial it back climbing, up. hiking, sweating, bleeding, <laughs> or suffering in any way. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do you want? Room service. Room service. Room service. I want to be pampered. I want a staff to cater to our every whim. I want to be embarrassed by the size of our room. I want a balcony with a view that would make you want to break down and cry from the sheer beauty of it all. <laughs> and I don't want to spend one moment of our honeymoon suffering from anything except guilt about our complete self-indulgence. Yeah. Risa. Not this time. Not Riza. Welcome to Casperia Prime, the vacation capital of the Hoverian Cluster. You have been planning this all along. Seemed fair. You did plan the wedding. Very well. Room service. Really? Really. Well, that was easy. Did you want to fight over it? No, it's just I <laughs> didn't expect you to surrender so quickly. Surrender? No. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> but you have to admit you've been unusually accommodating lately. What is wrong with that? Nothing. It's just unusual. Are you feeling all right? I am a married man. I have to make certain adjustments in my lifestyle. Adjustments? Worf, you're practically easygoing. What's next? A sense of humor? I have a sense of humor. On the Enterprise, I was considered to be quite amusing. That must have been one dull shift. <laughs> that is a joke. I get it. It is not funny, but I get it. I don't know if I can get used to the new you. It's kind of eerie. Your problem is you cannot accept change. I can't accept change. That is correct. Oh, you've got to be kidding. I've changed bodies six times, Worf. Yes, but you are still very set in your ways. And look who's talking. That's true. I do not have to sleep on the same side of the bed every night. Or brush my hair exactly 50 strokes every night. Oh, I know what that's like. for breakfast every day. Or read the last page of the book before the beginning. Or lift up I get the point. I don't know how you can live with someone so monotonous. It is not easy. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. It's <laughs> going to be a very, very long trip. Well, well, in more ways than one, but uh, and now, like they do on on Deep Space Nine, quite often is they'll have. Uh, They'll have multiple uh, storylines going on, sort of an A and B story. For the next three hours, and we're going to need every minute of it. Three British agents have disappeared in West Berlin. Now, MI5 suspect the Soviets were involved, of course. However, the Americans have intercepted a. Uh... What are you doing with the Tonga wheel? I'm brushing up my game. You play Tonga? Sure. Well, I used to. That is, I played a game once a long time ago with a. Ferengi privateer and a Romulan mercenary. Fascinating. Anyway, the Americans have intercepted a series of messages from Istanbul to a remote island in the South Pacific, which might Let's indicate... Let's play a hand. Miles. Just one hand. Why? I need the practice. 
I want to beat Quark. Good luck. Look, there's nothing to do with it. Tongo is a game of strategy. Calculated risk. I don't even know the rules. Here. All right, let's play. I'll do it. Shenandoah Log, starting 51597.2. So we get Bashir and O'Brien playing Tongo. This is it. A very sophisticated encryption matrix. Whoever it is, he's good. Looks like a bunch of static to me, but... I'm Commander Worf. This is Commander Dax. Starfleet Intelligence has sent us here to receive your transmission. A Klingon? Why did they have to send a Klingon? <laughs> I'm a Trill. Does that make you feel any better? Are you trying to be funny? Not at all. He's the funny one. What is it you want? We'll get to that in a minute. First, I have something that you want. Badly. Information on the Founders. I know how many of them there are in the Alpha Quadrant, where they are, and what they're doing. Ooh, that'd be really good information to have, wouldn't it? Now let's talk about what I want. I want out now. You want to defect? The Vorta advisor here is getting suspicious, asking questions, making a lot of routine security checks in my section. I can't stay here any longer. Uh, we will relay your message to Starfleet Intelligence. No, no, no. Come get me you. now. I can't wait for them to make arrangements. In 15 minutes, I am leaving here for the Dominion base on Sukara, and I have a feeling this is going to be the last time that they let me leave Cardassia Prime. So, I need to take advantage of this opportunity. Sukara is inside Dominion control space. It will not be easy to make a rendezvous near that planet without being detected. Don't work your brain too hard, Klingon. I've taken care of everything. Three days from now, at exactly 17.30 hours, local time, I will leave the base and walk into the jungle. It'll be at least two days before they know I'm missing. All you have to do is get me off the planet. Now, there are transports... Seems easy enough, right? You know, probably not as easy as it sounds. ...have to land and meet me at a rendezvous point on foot. I'm sending you all the information you will need to avoid the Dominion sensors on the ground. Follow my instructions. Meet me at this rendezvous point and have a ship waiting. We've got the information. It looks pretty thorough. We will need time to study these plans. You haven't been listening. I don't have time. Once I leave here, I can't contact you again. I have to know if you're going to be there or not. I have to know now. We will be there. How far I've fallen. Risking my life on the word of a Klingon. Three days. Don't be late. Yeah, so off they go. And, uh, you know, I wonder why they didn't contact Deep Space Nine, although I think they were too far in, right? Because they were trying to get that signal, and they had to go out there to get the signal. So they probably couldn't call back to find out what, what they should do. And, yeah, it makes, you know, makes sense, but... Index the margin miles. Give it up. This just isn't your game. We'll see about that. <sighs> Evade. Do you realize the Quark has won 207 straight games of Tonga? So? So someone has to beat him. And that someone is you? Why not? Well, for one thing, you can't play Tonga. Confront. Ah, oh, damn. Not by a long shot. Miles, at this rate, it's going to take you another 20 years to be ready to take on Quark. One more. Why are you so determined to beat him? Yeah, she's just have 
Julian play him? Have Bashir... Enough? I mean, why do you think I became an engineer, huh? The challenge. What do you think has kept me kayaking down the same river week after week for the last seven years? The challenge. Why would I keep playing darts against somebody with a genetically engineered hand-eye coordination, huh? The challenge. Exactly. I have to do something to keep my mind off the fact that Keiko's been away for the last six months. Ah, uh, yeah, I know what that's like, Miles. You gotta, you gotta do something to occupy your time, like podcasting or uh, throwing darts, <laughs> watching movies. Me? I've only just learned how to play the game. Yeah, in about ten seconds flat. We can do it, Julian. We can beat them. We? You're talking about me. Yeah, well, you're good at calculation, but a little weak on strategy. I'll be your coach. No, thank you. Think of it as a challenge. <sighs> That's your obsession, Miles, not mine. Do it for the Latin. Nice try. Do it for the satisfaction of the look on Quark's face when he's beaten at a game of tango by your lowly human. Deal the cards. <laughs> well, that would, that would probably do it, but... Um... I can't remember if Quark knows he's genetically enhanced or not. Uh, maybe that'll come out later on. We are approaching the Sakara system. Stand by to bring us out of warp. Now. There's an asteroid field directly ahead. That's what we want. The Dominion sensor grid in the system has three gaps, and they're all in that asteroid field. Do a good job here of the effects in this, too, of Let me slow down. flying no. through. Unless you think you should. Not at all. In fact, it could go faster. By all means. Ooh, a man after my own heart. Really some nice effects work here in this episode. Uh, I think it was Gary Hutzel that was the effects guy at the time. Most impressive. Nothing that any 300-year-old pilot couldn't do. We are being scanned from the surface. Taking evasive maneuvers. Did they get a fix on us? I do not think so. Good. We've come too long away just to get shot down. If you take the helm, I'll scan the surface for a landing site. There's the base. The rendezvous point. And the Dominion sensor perimeter. There's a valley about 20 kilometers north of the rendezvous point. It's a long way to go on foot in the jungle, but I don't think we can risk taking the ship any closer to their sensors. Agreed. Sort of lost. Uh, one thing I had trouble with yeah, in this. Uh, oh, there it is. I was going to say how much time they were had left, really, to get there. the task ahead. We still have to penetrate the sensor grid and avoid the Dominion patrols. I know. Find a man in the middle of an alien jungle, then walk him out without getting caught. Piece of cake. Ready. One thing they didn't mention, and maybe I missed it. I don't know. But why, why didn't they just tra use the transporters? Is there a protective grid up or something? I, I know the sensor grid is there, but would that stop the transporters? You know, why couldn't they beam down closer or beam the guy out at some point? Or, you know, rather than having to trudge through 20 kilometers of jungle? I don't know. Maybe I've missed that. Maybe it'll be mentioned again. <laughs> There's this big lizard they they brought in and done. That's it. We're linked. Here, check my work. Dominion encryption lockouts bypassed. 
tricorder linked to their sensor grids. Life science masked. Nicely done. Thank you. Of course, our tricorders will be useless from now on. There you go again, looking for the cloud and the silver lining. <laughs> I am not complaining. I look forward to walking through the jungle without a map and no idea of what lies ahead. Well, the funny thing is, you probably are. <laughs> yeah, Worf probably is. Although, this is a you know, only game, gentlemen. Klingon, well, Klingons like to prove themselves out in the physical world a lot, so that makes sense anyway. I'm afraid I'll clean you out. I'm afraid you'll embarrass yourself and ruin the game for the rest of us. I think I can keep up. The question is, can you keep up with me? Don't try and scare me with that genetically engineered intellect of yours, Doctor. Oh, so there he, he does know. Number crunching. They have yet to create the computer that can master this game. Then you shouldn't have anything to worry about. You realize we're not playing for drinks. This is a high-stakes game. We came to play. Gentlemen. <laughs> all right. So where does the Federation get Goodbye, all the latinum, anyway? You're dealing. They just, like... I guess you could still sell off goods, you know, they... get off to a fast start. They won't know what hit them. Oh, he opens up his case here. Miles doesn't. They only had six six strips of gold press latinum, so. Three hundred instead of three fifty. Yeah. You're a quick study, doctor. I'll give you that. You mean quick for a human, don't you, Quark? I would never say anything so distasteful during a game. <laughs> it's over. Of course. The bed. Dax was a quick study too. She told me it only took her two weeks to win her first match. That's practically unheard of. Dax specializes in the unexpected. Still buying at 300, selling at four. I'd like to index the margin at 20%. Interesting. She certainly did the unexpected when she married Commander Boring. That's for sure. When they first started seeing each other, I thought, this can't last. I'll give it two months. Ah, uh, Quirk, Quirk is messing around with Julian Seven here. Five. Preying on his, you know, caring about Jedzia. She's a real heartbreaker, that one. That she is. Leverage the buy-in. It's kind of unusual to still, uh, that he still feels this way, because it started out the whole series that way, where he's sort of infatuated with Dex. There are days when the profits are down and the customers are scarce, and you think you'll never see another strip of latinum again. And then Jadzia comes in and flashes that smile of hers. Suddenly things don't seem so bad after all. I know exactly what you mean. You know, sometimes she walks past the infirmary and all she has to do is wink and somehow that makes my whole day look a little brighter. Focus, Julian. Yeah. Focus. Yeah, Julian. I'll uh, buy that 550 and... Index the exchange of ten. And now she's married. Yep. Reach. I'm converting my reserves. Selling at six hundred. You know, it's really sad. Who has any idea how this Tongo game really works? It's like Fizbin. It's it's just like <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know. They throw in coins, they index, they confront, they 
they up the bet, they get more cards. I don't know. The cards are weird looking too. Julian, are you sure you Chief, want to? Please know the rules. No coaching during a round. You're probably right. Ah, Quark. We'll see how this works out. But what if that's a convenient rationalization? What if deep down in our heart of hearts we both know she's something unique? Something we may never see again. A chance at true happiness. And we let her slip through our fingers. What if 50 years from now we each look back and say... Ah, Quark, Quark. Confront... Expect me to show you all my cards, do you? You lost. What have happened to we? We worked money over lost love with the Ferengi holding a total monopoly. You know that about tax was meant to distract me. Obviously. I can't believe I let him get to me. Uh, not your fault. Genetically engineered or not, you're still human. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Poor Julian. Well, he has a little more luck with Ezri eventually, right? So, uh... I like the way they did the jungle here in the in this set. They did a really good job, I think. It, it looks probably as authentic as it can, I think, on a soundstage. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool sounds, of course, in the background. They did a lot of mist and water sounds. And, and uh, it's just... Uh, it's almost like too overgrown in a way, and I think I read some of that in the in the notes on Memory Alpha about this episode, that they had trouble actually setting up some of the cameras. They built platforms above and below and, and things like that. Now they're chopping their way through. You know, a lot of this episode is just them working their way through the... Now they're fixing. Jedzia's got a little like scrape on her leg, and uh, eh, con like I said, continuing to move on. Worf's got a little Klingon blade out, chopping his way. They each have a uh, phaser rifle with them too. And there's that lizard again. <laughs> I wonder how many little snakes and and lizards they had to bring in for this episode. That's always cool when they have to do that and fun. They also trick with these episodes like this to I think to make it look real and, and good is they the way they do the lighting and everything. Now they're setting up camp for the night, I think. Yeah. It's dark. Getting dark. Oh, let's not stand on pride, shall we? Shows don't like the heat and clean, it's not like the cold. There's no shame in admitting it. 
Thank you. So Jedzy just got like a little blanket for so, for Worf because he was kind of shivering. It's getting kind of cold. Almost. Is there anything I can get for you? More pain. Less cold. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Meeting call? 500 meters. That way. That didn't take long. Less than 300 meters. Another happy couple. <laughs> yeah, this episode is, is is one of the better ones, I think, to show how how you know close they are and how the marriage is is so you know working so well for the two of them. Even though one's trill, one's Klingon. Listen to the wolves howling in the distance. Nikolai was afraid of them, but I would lay in my tent for hours just listening. I remember being seized by the urge to just rip off my clothes and run into the night and live in the forest and become something wild. No, oh, Worf, you're such a nut. <laughs> he must have been rejected. He's moving away. She's not happy. What? They're getting further away, aren't they? Yes, but it's because something is coming, and it is close. So they sort of swung over the side of this little rock they're near, got their rifles out. And something's coming now, of course, towards them. Branches are moving. Looks like a single person. Maybe. No, actually, a couple. And they're not very uh, happy to see them. Jadzia got hit by one of the, the uh, and they took them all out. The wharf threw his blade at one of. not have taken the whole burst. I'm not hemorrhaging that bad yet. Just give me a pump full of painkillers. Let's be on our way. Moving could make the bleeding worse. Staying here isn't an option. Someone's gonna come looking for them when they don't check in. And I'd rather take my chances on foot. Ready? Yeah, so they took out these Jem'Hadar soldiers, but Jedzia got hit pretty bad. She's bleeding pretty badly. But like you said, they they really can't stay put because they're going to come looking for these soldiers that they took out. Mm -hmm. 
one thing that's interesting about this episode is the B story, you know, the, the quirk and playing tango and all that stuff. Instead of continuing it through the whole episode, they ended it kind of about the midway point. Uh, Ron Moore was kind of insistent on that. He felt this episode gets much more dramatic later with the A story, so he didn't want to keep flipping back and forth to the other. Yeah, she's bleeding pretty badly. Your bandage will need to be changed soon. I think I'd like a blue chiffon bandage this time. Maybe some rhinestones. Something with a little pizzazz. This is no joking matter. You are seriously injured and we have a great deal of terrain to cover. Just trying to lighten the mood. This is neither the time nor the place. What happened to that new wharf? You know, the one with the sense of humor? That was a mistake. What is that supposed to mean? It means if I had not been joking with you, I would not have allowed the Jemadar to get so close. So this is all my fault. No. Now, Worf will always claim, you it's know, and take responsibility for things. I trying to be something I am not. By letting down my guard, by ignoring my duty, I allowed my wife to be injured, and I put the entire mission in jeopardy. It will not happen again. He's always hardest on himself. Without our tricorders, there's no I way... I do not wish to debate this. We have a long way to go in very little time. Fine, let's go. One thing I wonder why they didn't talk about or discuss in this at this point, or, or when she got hit, was to send her back back to the runabout although she'd have to be on her own and for Worf to continue on to meet the uh, the guy thereafter but you know I, I guess staying together is probably the most important thing but the idea of continuing you know walking all that way and then having to walk back for the uh, to the runabout is just you can even see at this point in the episode that that's just not going to happen I mean Jedzy is bleeding all over the place so it's, it's, I don't know. It seems like they should have talked a little bit more about that. I always thought they had those dermal repair things, but sometimes I think some of the weapons they use, these energy weapons on these shows, have a way of not allowing those, you know, medical equipment even of the 24th century to seal the wounds very well. It was kind of weird too. It was hard to tell how she got really hit. They were pretty well uh, guarded by the area they were behind, but I guess that's not too important. She's looking pretty pretty bad right now. Nothing funny. Be serious. Life and death. I got a job to do. Yeah, Terry Farrell is good in this episode. So is Michael Dorn. I know you are tired, but we have to cover three kilometers before nightfall. Can you do it? 
long as you got those painkillers, I'll follow you through the gates of hell. Sir. That was almost a smile. When this mission is over, I will smile all you want. Oh, you promise? I promise. Let's finish this mission and get out of here. Yeah, she's pretty bad right now. So uh, one thing that I wanted to say here is that Terry Farrell, since she knew at this point even in, in the show that she was leaving after the sixth There's season, well, I'll tell you more in a second. EDL readings are erratic. So what's your prescription, Doc? Surgery. At a starbase. Can I get a second opinion? Or if you have to go on without me. And I know that. I understand. My duty requires that I complete the mission regardless of my personal feelings. Absolutely. You're a Starfleet officer. So am I. I understand. The information Lozarin has could be potentially invaluable to the war effort. You don't have to explain to me. I'm hurt. You're not. And there's a job to be done. I will be back tomorrow night. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I can have you in the stasis chamber on the runabout in 45 hours. No problem. I will leave the med kit. Scan yourself with the tricorder every half hour. The plasma hyperspray will be set. So I took basic first aid. I know what I have to do. Yeah, what I was going to say, uh... It's been a great two months, hasn't it? Yes. Jetsia, I just want to tell you how... So Worf heads out, but I was going to say that uh, Terry Farrell was planning on leaving at the end of this season anyway, and she pushed pretty hard for this episode to be kind of her last one. She actually pushed hard that she would die in this episode, and that that Worf would be left with the fact that he went on to do his mission and left her to die, and he would have to live with that. And uh, But they decided to go a different way. is uh, this this heart pounding thing here
he throws his Klingon blade into the tree, and uh, the the heart pounding thing is supposed to be sort of an indicator of his confliction on, on what to do here. And he heads back to Jadzia. She's passed out, but he picks her up and carries her off into the jungle and not towards the guy they're supposed to meet, but back towards the runabout. And now they're back on Deep Space Nine. Cisco walks in on Worf here. What's the word? She is still in surgery, but Dr. Bashir is hopeful she will make a full recovery. The Saren's dead. Starfleet intelligence intercepted a transmission saying that he'd been killed trying to re-enter the base at Sukata. Could you have made the rendezvous? Yes. But yet you turned back to save Jabzia. Yes. Were you aware that the information that man had could have saved millions of lives? Yes. So what happened? You may not understand. Try me, sir. You were at my wedding. You heard the story of the first two Klingon hearts and how nothing could stand against them and how they even destroyed the gods that had created them. I've heard that story since I was a boy, but I never understood it. I mean, really understood it until I was standing in the jungle with my heart pounding in my chest and I found that even I could not stand against my own heart. I had to go back. And it did not matter what Starfleet thought or what the consequences were. She was my wife, and I could not leave her. As your captain, it is my duty to inform you that you made the wrong choice. I don't think Starfleet will file any formal charges. Even a secret court-martial would run the risk of revealing too much about their intelligence operations. But this will go into your service record. And to be completely honest, you probably won't be offered a command on your own after this. I understand. I have also issued new orders. You and Jatzi are not to be assigned to a mission on your own ever again. One last thing. As a man who had a wife. If Jennifer had been lying in that clearing, I wouldn't have left her either. You know, I think this shows so much how Worf has has changed. You know, for uh, for the better, I think. That's a good sign. Did you make the rendezvous? No. I could not leave you there. Not for Lazarin. Not for the mission. Not for anything else. Lazarin? Dead. Are you in trouble? I have been in trouble before. I'm sorry. I should have kept going. You have nothing to be sorry about. I know how much your career means to you. 
before duty, before anything. I do not regret what I did. And I would do it again. I don't know what to say. You could say, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for saving my life. And you could say, I would do the same for you, Worf. Well, I'd have to think about that. My career is very important to me, you know. <laughs> and you could say, I love you. I love you. So there we are. Change of heart. Dial down the music here a little bit. Yeah, not a, you know, a huge, major, important episode, maybe, in, in Deep Space Nine. Although I still think it's kind of uh, interesting and cool. And it, it really shows, again, how much, like I said, how, how much Worf has changed over the years. You know, he was a Klingon a Starfleet officer, duty and, and obeying orders were always the things that, that he responded to and always the things that he did above all else. And, and here, he he doesn't. And uh, But I really think it's interesting, that other idea that, uh, you know, if they had let Terry Farrell die here, if they had used, uh, like I said, if they had used this opportunity to change her character, you know, because of she was leaving the show, and if she had died, like if Worf had continued with his mission and and then came back, or even maybe he came back before he completed the mission and she was already dead, however they did it, uh, I guess probably solving the mission and getting Lucerne would have been more interesting, but uh, that uh, then he would have been left with that he put, you know, Starfleet and orders and duty above his, his feelings and, and his wife, and to... You know, just the idea of living with something like that for the rest of your life <laughs> could have been a really interesting character thing for him. But I can see, and Ron Moore uh, really put the kibosh on that idea. He did not feel that that was would would be the way Worf would really do it. And and it just even though Worf is all about duty and honor, there are things you know he's done this. Uh, you know, when you think about it, you know he he's done this a number of times. Like he said to Jadzia, he's been in trouble before. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, he, he killed the, you know, the, the Klingon who killed Kalar and, uh, you know, so people that are important to him, he, he does still tend to put those above all else. So hope you guys enjoyed that. hope you enjoyed my commentary. I, I tried to, uh, slip in things during it and like I do normally and, but not try to talk over the parts that are, you know, pretty cool and pretty important. So Deep Space Nine just Always great to uh, visit another episode in that series. Uh, I will take a, a very quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up today's podcast. I must be the one to kill Harry Potter. We have to leave. The longer we stay here, the stronger he gets. Hold tight, Harry. Harry, go! We've been betrayed. We have to do something. Fight this war on your own. 
is too strong. Rated PG-13 in theaters and IMAX November 19th. Okay, again, just wanted to say thanks, everyone, for joining me today. I'm going to give you a, just a quick rundown of what's coming up on Trex and Sci-Fi next week. Uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday here in the States, I will be home, but I'm still going to get a show in this time. Uh, no guest cast. Uh, I'm going to do a, just a kind of a impromptu kind of a road show like I've done uh, a couple times before. So that'll be next week. Uh, in two weeks, we'll do the ep- Enterprise episode uh, from that series uh, called Carpenter Street. And on the weekend of December, that'll take us to the weekend next. Uh, next on the schedule will be December 12th, and I'm going to talk about vampires. So uh, if you've got any comments about those, I didn't get any for this uh, week's uh, episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. No comments about this Deep Space Nine episode, guys. <laughs> Look embarrassed now. Look embarrassed for those that usually send in comments. Anyway, uh, but I'm sure that will be more coming uh, down the road for these other things coming up on the show. So uh, that's about it, I think. Uh, Again, anything you want to learn more about today's show, the podcast notes, uh, donation links, uh, forum links, all that stuff is over at treksandsci-fi.com is your source for um, everything about the show. (laughs) All right, everyone, take care. Uh, Enjoy uh, the craziness Uh, Since I won't talk to you again until sort of it's after it started, but the craziness of the holiday shopping uh, season, which is, uh, you know, in the U.S. at least, and I guess maybe in other areas too probably, but right after Thanksgiving here, although Thanksgiving I guess is only here, right? They have, anyway, who cares? Black Friday in the U.S. next week uh, is just going to be nuts. It seems like people are already out shopping a lot uh, around even Rockford, and it's just I don't know. I guess the economy hopefully is doing okay, and and people are uh, ready to buy some things. I, I I'm I'm glad about that. I'm happy that uh, hopefully people aren't overextending because you can tend to do that at this time of year. So uh, that's it. Uh, enjoy the holidays and the shopping coming up for those in the U.S. and well, shopping for other areas. I'm sure too. I should just shut up and go. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Talk to you again next week. Bye. This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production.